the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, Total Financial Hour. Now hey, welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with us this hour of the program. We talk about your family's finances, of course, helping you get out of debt, manage money, plan for your retirement. You know, a lot of people don't realize that taking debt into retirement Let's let's work on some of the myths and some of the things that uh, that we've talked about forever, right? Oh well, once you're in retirement, you're on a fixed income. I don't know what that means, because when you're working, you're on a fixed income. You can't control your wages. Oh, but Eric, if I can work overtime, no, you can't. Ask your boss if you can work overtime, and then you can work overtime. It doesn't mean that if you have a job, you're not on a fixed income. Retirement doesn't mean you're on a fixed income. It just means that your income is no longer coming from your efforts. Either way, it's okay, but just get the Facts straight. When you are in retirement, if you quote or on a fixed income, it just means that you're not expecting any more pay raise. Doesn't matter what happens, there aren't any bonuses coming your way. It's really just a fixed amount of money that comes in every single month. So you have to think of it this way. When you are ready to retire, when you're saying, now I'm going to work and do something I love, maybe not actually do something that I have to get paid for, or as in one particular person's case, they're paid a whole lot less than they were before. They were an engineer at a big firm. And now, as a retired person, he took the early buyout a few years ago, cashed out you know, early, has a pension, has his income, we handle his retirement account, his old 401k and, and IRA money. But his wages, he has a job and he works with folks that have special needs. It's like a one-on-one uh, teacher, counselor with them and, and walks through them throughout the day and helps them through each grade at school as, he con- as they continue. So he's been with the same uh, young man, I want to say it's three years now. Completely different than the career before. In fact, if it weren't for direct deposit, he wouldn't even remember to cash the paychecks. They're that small compared to what he has done. So it's okay to be working your whole life. Just shift gears. Stop working in a place that used to matter to you in in a way that, you know, listen, pay was very important because you had to pay your bills. Your kids were young. You had to pay for your mortgage. You had a house payment. Today, maybe your house payment's paid off. Maybe you don't need it anymore. So what do you do when it comes time to start living on your income? So I want you to think of two things. Number one, it might make sense to take Social Security early, at least for one of you, right? Here's what I would normally say is the right thing to do when you're looking at this. I'm just talking about math. Number one, husband and wife working. All right, let's just think of it this way. One of the spouse that has the smaller Social Security Turn it on. Turn it on as soon as 62 happens. Oh, but Arif, but what about? Look, I'm telling you, the reason that I would do that is to pay off debt, to build up your savings. Maybe that's your vacation money. Maybe it becomes your emergency account so that when you do retire, the money's coming in each and every month. That's important. That's nice. And preserve the larger of the two social securities for as long as possible full retirement age, which is maybe 65, 66, 
If you're younger than 50 years old, it's probably closer to 67 years of age. So you get to that full retirement age or beyond as much as age 70. Now, that's where Social Security stops. Seven zero. At 70 years of age, we're done. In other words, it's not going to grow anymore. Unless, of course, you're working and you're making uh, significant wages, then it'll go up a little bit based on that number. But overall, don't expect any more increase in Social Security after age 70. But here's the big reason why I would take one early is because when one of you pass away, the smaller of the two Social Securities, poof, it's gone. You don't receive anything. It's gone. The IRS, it's nice. You still have to pay taxes on the money. That doesn't change. If, you, you know, if it's more than a certain amount, meet with your CPA. There's a formula. But as far as the Social Security check comes, the government says, okay, where's my check? Uh, you know, gone. You get the higher of the two, and you receive the higher of the two, after one person passes away, regardless if it's yours or your spouse. So the reason I would take it sooner rather than later is because if one of you passes away, it's gone anyway. You might as well collect as much as you can for as long as you can. Now, if you're just going to collect it and add it to your $2 million sitting in your bank, well, you're creating a tax scenario that may not be necessary. But if you're going to use it to pay off some bills, if you're going to use it to to finalize or double up on the house payment for the last few years to get that out of the way. Pay off a car, bad debt, that student loan that you co-signed for that you've heard Arif say never do. Right? Never co-sign for a student loan. It's like when people say, hey, listen, um, Arif, I have three rental properties and I let my son live in one. I said, what do you mean? Why? They said, well, because... You know, he, he needs it, and he's paying rent. I said, never rent to your kid, especially as an adult, and he's not in school. He's not, he or she's not doing anything specific. Why would you rent to your child, especially if you need the money to live on? Oh, yeah, he's paying it, though. I'd say, look, here's what you do. Let them go rent somewhere else. And if you want to pay that rent, then go ahead, right? You rent out your existing home, collect the rent, give it to your son. Rent out your existing home, collect the rent, give it to your son. I'm okay with that. The reason is because you're never going to kick them out on, a, on Christmas Eve. right? You're never going to kick your grandchildren out. So if they're living in your home, if they're destroying it, if the rents go up, you're not going to be able to do it. In fact, your child doesn't respect the house and the maintenance and the care and the effort that you've put in to create a rental property at all. You know that. If you're in this scenario, you know that. So my recommendation is, if you're going to do something like that, you have a plan B, which is, I better have some sort of income coming in to pay off that rental property or coming in to pay off the, the debt or the bills. And I like creating the smaller social security and having that come in, creating that as an income stream, that's a good idea. But here's what matters more than all of that. Laddering your income. Now, what does laddering mean? It's simple. I love it when financial uh, guys or gals get on TV and they talk about the structuring of the uh, attitude of the way we build the structure of the financial with percentages and allocations, with the diversification. And I think they honestly know that you don't understand that and, and that it's not your thing. But, see, that's no different than watching some of these uh, professionals come on TV, 
pundits, and they use words to make themselves feel important so that you know that they are educated. The reason these people will use big words, and not even big words as much as big concepts, right? You know, the reason is because we're laddering the scenario so that you think, wow, that's a pretty darn smart guy. I have no idea what he just said, but he said it with confidence, and he looked pretty sharp, and he sounded like he knew what he was doing. So, hey, we'll vote for him. All right, that was really the big problem with Mitt Romney, I think. It was a big problem with some of the other folks that were running for president, uh, you know, John Kerry. A lot of them were so using such large words and, and talking down to you, whether they meant to or not. It's just what happens. And then you have George Bush who giggles and looks goofy a, a little bit, right? Kind of hems and haws and, or somebody like Donald Trump that comes along and says things that, well, wait a second. You know, that's kind of what we were talking about at the barbecue last week after my third beer, right? <laughs> He's saying the same thing that me and my buddies are talking about. So I think that's what happens is a lot of people will look at those financial professionals and certainly we want them to know more than us. That's why we're hiring them, right? You don't go to a doctor because he or she is looking up on WebMD the same things that you can look up. Doctor, this hurts. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, this hurts. Huh. Could be terminal cancer or a sprained ankle. I don't know. Depends on which click I, what I click on. You're like, thanks, doctor? Should probably go to the regular physician. So one of the things that I want you to look at when you're laddering your income is common sense. The reason you're going to be successful in retirement and through retirement is because you understand how to turn on income from different streams. Don't ever expect your financial professional to, to make a miracle happen. That's not their job, right? They're not going to come out of the woodwork and say, da-da, we made a miracle happen. We took $100,000 and turned it into $2 million in income over the next 15 years of your life. It's just not going to happen, at least nobody that I would work with. That's how a lot of scams and frauds take place because a lot of people are desperate. They're asking for something that seems so mathematically impossible, too good to be true. You've heard that said before. And we, and we say, listen, uh, financial professional, you're so sharp, you must know how to take this $100,000 and turn it into $2 million in income. And so people give it to him or her, and surprise, we end up in trouble. Right? You heard us talk before with Brandon Reef of the Reef Law Group, R-E-I-F, the Reef Law Group. And what Brandon was talking about was the FIP. Folks, do you know how many of you called us and called Brandon? He called me midweek and said, uh, of the week that we did the show, and he said, Arif, I've had four phone calls of people that are righteously and legitimately victims of these scams. I had one gentleman who called me, and he, I think we were already slated for another phone call, and, and uh, he called out of the uh, out of the context of me helping him with his retirement income, and he said, "Hey, by the way, Eric, I heard your show, and I'm a retired Vietnam veteran, and this uh, and these guys took me for hundreds of thousands of dollars." You know, look, you want to you know find these people and punch them in the nose, right? That, that, that's probably the least that a lot of us want to do <clears throat> when you hurt some of our friends and family that serve. 
But I think you need to realize that that's illegal. Right? The other day somebody the other day somebody said, "Hey, uh, you know, isn't it illegal, isn't it illegal to carry an automatic weapon, you know, or or that kind of a gun? Uh, you know, I think the we should, you know, it's illegal." I said, "Guys, it's illegal to murder people. What the heck? Do you think that matters? You can have all the gun laws in the world. You can have all the scam fraud protection laws in the world. It's already illegal to commit a scam. Surprise. What's the difference if you sit down and you say, yeah, but isn't it illegal to... So what? That, that's what bad guys do, right? It's illegal to rob a liquor store. It still happens. Well, there's no difference from a financial scam. These guys know they shouldn't be doing this. So you can pass a thousand little laws and rules, but the bad guys already know that they're bad guys and they justify it. So when you're laddering your income, there's a realistic expectation, layering it, putting some here, next there, every every three years, maybe every five years, because I think you should expect inflation to happen sooner or later. You know, if you're on this earth long enough in the next five, 10, 15, I don't know how many years, significant inflation, we already see it. Try to eat breakfast for $5 like we used to, right? Besides going to a fast food restaurant. It used to be $5 for breakfast, $7 for lunch, $10 for dinner. That's what it was. We all knew it. That was the normal expense. Oh, you're eating at a fancy dinner. That's probably $20. <laughs> but enough people today have walked around and said this. If we are expecting in retirement, especially if you're going to stay in California, Gasoline is going to go up in, in price, right? You should expect it to be. They're trying to train you, by the way. Do you know that? The state of California is trying to train you to expect, not revolt, not feel bad, but expect. Nod your head like a good little minion. Go to the gas pump and expect $4 a gallon. That's normal. Travel to the rest of the country. Heck, just go over the border to Arizona or up to Oregon and look at how they laugh. Go to Idaho or Texas. Look at how they laugh. They said, why are you guys still there? I mean, we tell them all this because we only get rain. I know know it's tough to get rain, but you know, we have pretty darn good weather. And they kind of go, well, yeah, that's true. And, but why are you still there again? (laughs) You're, You're paying $200 $200 a day for that weather, $50 a day extra for that weather, Weather, whatever the cost is. So if you're going to stay in California, you should expect to have to pay a higher increase in prices, not just in the basic inflation that the rest of the country is going to have to pay for, but I think everything in between, right? I think everything in between, including gasoline, milk, eggs, bread, the basic everyday stuff. Because you might say, you know, I'm retired. I'm not going to buy a new car. I already bought one. It's, it runs well. It's a 2016 and I have uh, 800 miles on it. Okay, look, you're not driving anywhere. I get it. 2009 and I have 27,000. All right, look, it's going to last for a long time. But keep it well maintained. You're good. So chances are you're probably not going to be buying a new house, a new car, a new boat, a new plane. doesn't matter your lifestyle. It's not going to change a whole lot. But it's the everyday things that I want you to protect. Laddering your income using CDs, 
bonds and annuities. The second one, bonds, I need you to talk to a a stockbroker or financial professional that deals with those things. And let me tell you, listen, I don't think anybody's going to be an expert in all three of those. In fact, anybody who tells you, oh, I'm a certified financial expert, retirement planner, professional in in all of those things, you go, really? I, I mean, I get that they made you pay for a course or something. And certainly you had to take tests and learn the handshake. And I mean, you had to do all that stuff. I get it. But, but you understand that nobody's an expert in everything. You can't be. So what are you good at? And they'll say, oh, I'm good at everything. Okay, but what are you great at? Listen, one of my kids had to have surgery and it was pretty serious. It was life-threatening surgery. Right? When they go into, into your head to your brain, it's pretty darn serious. Let me explain something to you. I did not want a guy who was good at doing brain surgery working on my child. I did not. I didn't want somebody who was good at doing take, taking out your appendix. I was not interested in somebody who was really, really good at also, uh, you know, fixing broken legs. I wanted... Somebody who only every day, day in and day out, every week, all they did was brain surgeries on kids. I wanted an expert. Now, if you think the guy who, or gal who works at a bank, who, who works for those two named firms, is an expert in everything, then I've got a you know some swampland down in uh, oh I don't know mm, Joshua Tree <laughs> no 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 sorry Palm Springs yeah swampland is great it's good you should get it you buy it it's it's only five million dollars and along with it I'm going to sell a bridge because there's a bridge there you need to get from one side to the other on your duck boat right you have to be careful you guys this is your financial life you can't expect. Somebody to be an expert. In fact, it's not fair. Don't, don't expect that. Sometimes these guys are, and gals will tell you that for a couple of reasons. One, because they were told it. They were told, oh, you've, you passed these tests. You're now 31 years old. You, you're an expert. But in what? Everything. Man, financial, stock bond, mutual fund REITs, ticks, fleas. Uh, well, I, you're an expert. You said, wow, okay, I guess I'm an expert. That's what they told me. I got a little certificate. I got a pin that goes on my lapel. I'm an expert. I'm telling you, if you want an expert in income, in annuities, in safety, that's what I do. That's it. Don't come to me and say, hey, if I want to talk to you about Bitcoin. I'm like, oh, great, man. Buy two. Get one free. I don't know anything about Bitcoin. It's not my job. It's not, my, it's not what I'm good at. Even if I did it for fun, even if I was like playing with it, practicing, that's great. And I'm still not going to be a professional in it. That's not what I'm interested in. Because safety is different than cryptocurrency. It isn't that one is bad or good. It's just that there's nobody that's an expert because you have to think differently when you take risks. You have to think differently when you have speculation than when I want guarantees. My job is guarantees. My job is protection. It's keeping you from losing your money. It's keeping you from being broke. That's what I'm good at. 
I'm not going to make you 20% returns. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to give you 15%, you know, monthly over month return. Just not going to happen. Zero to 10, zero to 12%, right? We never lose money. If you made it that year, it's now locked in. That's the new floor. That's what we do. You want reasonable returns? Average of three, maybe as high as six on average. So zero to 10, zero to 12, right? But the average, I can do that all day long. I can do that. That's great. Over a 10-year period of time, historically, we've done it. But I don't want you to think that somebody who's an expert in bonds, which can and do lose money, right? Try to sell them the next day. You have to pay them. It's, it's not the same person. So if you decide, hey, I want a portion of my money to be at risk, all right, great. Wonderful. I know some good, honest guys. You probably have some. They're, they're out there. Don't expect them to do something they're not good at. And you say, all right, honest guys, honest gals, great. Take this money. All right, so what does that mean? When we ladder income, we have income turning on at different periods of time. Every three years, every five years. When you do that, you've got a pretty darn good shot. All right, you have any questions, give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. And uh, listen, that number works throughout the week, also right at my office. So you'll uh, give give us a call there. It goes straight to my office. We'll give you a call back uh, or my staff's there. We'll pick up the phone, of course. Sometimes I'm there, I pick up the phone. I had somebody do that the other day. They called in and they said, Arif, is this really you, Arif? I said, yeah, yes, Total Financial Solutions. How can I help you? You answer your own phone? I'm like, well, yeah, I also take out the trash and sometimes I, you know, what's the deal here? Well, I thought you have a staff. I go, well, all three of them are busy on the phone right now, so I picked up the phone. So sometimes you might get me, but of course, if you have any questions, I'm here to help. Uh, You can also give us a call at... uh, when I say 888-99-RETIRE, it's 888-997-3847. Uh, the, on AM 870, the answer, we're here every week. So you could feel like, if you feel like you want to give us a call on the air as well, uh, sometimes that comes through. Okay, continuing. Social Security, when we come back in a minute, uh, I want to get in touch with you with Social Security. Uh, when should you take it? Uh, you heard me talk about having uh, the, the, the lower of the two taken out sooner. But what if you're still working? Right? What happens to the money? You're still working. They take a portion of it back. Did you know that? If you're making more than uh, about seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars a year, seventeen thousand forty, I guess, or fourteen hundred and twenty a month, that means that Social Security starts to reduce your benefits. But what happens to it? Where does it go? They just took. $1 for every $2 that you made above 1420 a month? Yep, they did. And where does it go? Well, it doesn't go to a black hole. When we come back, I'll give that information to you and tell you, hey, this is where it goes and this is why it's going uh, to where it's going. Look, remember this. Social Security's job is not to protect you forever. It's not to give you money. It's not to give you income. It's simply designed to do one thing. It's designed to make your life less than poor. It is that old thing that the socialists were talking about, which is, 
hey, by the way, folks, it is not, uh, it, it is the, uh, what is it called, the lifetime income or the guaranteed minimum income, right? You heard, you heard me tell you before what happened. When they give you subsidies, guess what happens to the price of things? It goes up. So you create a problem, then you have to solve the problem. By solving the problem, you create another problem. It's the same thing with the tariffs. You've heard me talk about the tariffs before, right? You realize that if you owned a liquor store and they were stealing liquor store liquor, you know, out the back door, right? Every week they were taking uh, employees were stealing a thousand dollars a month. Uh, I mean, a thousand dollars a week, thousand dollars a week out the back door. New management comes in and says, "Wait, wait, guys, you've been stealing a thousand dollars. We are no longer going to allow you to steal a thousand. You can only steal six hundred. You would say, wait a second, how does that math work? We'll come back, I'll get you the math. I'll tell you, well, how does that make sense? Where does the $600 come from? And why is it that way? All right, we'll come back. I'm Eric Hallaby. You're listening to AM870, The Answer. Stay with me. I'll get through this metaphor, this analogy, this as if is when we come back. Eric Hallaby, AM870, The Answer. Stay with me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, total financial hour. Now hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Eric Halaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870 The Answer. Your place for news, talk, and information. We're talking about your family's finances. Uh, look, I, I want to get in because I, I worry about the math. I worry about some of you just buying into whatever the local media is talking about, you know, tariff wars and the next war and this war, uh, you know, everything from the war on poverty, the war on drugs. Now it's a tariff war. Uh, when you diminish the value of things like war, ask anybody who's fought in a war. They will tell you uh, this is ridiculous. So here's what, what the tariff war. Let me help you with the math. You owned a liquor store and they were stealing $1,000 worth of alcohol out the back door. New management comes along and says, wait a second, we're not going to allow you to steal 1000 We're now going to only allow you to steal 600 Still wrong, by the way, guys. Right? You realize that countries have been stealing from us, taking more than they were giving. You get it? I mean, that's, what, that's what's happening. Taking more money out of the country than they're get, putting money into the country. And the president comes along and says, hey, guys... Uh, listen, I get it. You you don't think it's fair to be equal, right? His goal is zero tariffs. But the only way you can say no more stealing is you have to do it in pieces. You have to say, all right, first, you can't steal 1,000. We're only going to let you steal 600. China, Europe, Germany, right? Come on now. First of all, you guys are not. The president is right. Listen, I don't always agree with everything he says been married 27 years. I don't agree with my wife every time she says something. So come on. If she was listening, I would tell her that, darn it, right now. (laughs) Right? Oh, come on now. You guys know better. But the math that he's talking about, he's actually right. It's simple. There's been an upside down balance. In other words, these folks are taking more money out of our country than than they're putting in. And he's saying, come on, we're going to back that down a little bit. Oh, you don't want to back it down a little bit? Then fine. We're going to 
we're going to start tariff. We're going to start taxing the stuff you're bringing into our country. <gasps> oh, just let them keep stealing. Turn your head. You're the. Why don't you steal from Walmart, Target, Sam's Club, Costco? Why don't you? They're big, right? If if they're the United States in the story, you really think they're going to miss twenty five dollars? Oh, come on. The size of the U.S. economy, it's just so big. The size of the of Costco, Walmart, Sam's Club, they're just so big. Stealing 25... No, no. Hey, hey. Stealing is wrong, whether you're a country doing it to another country, whether you're a person doing it to a grocery store or liquor store or, or a big box store. It doesn't matter. It isn't the fact of the dollars against the numbers, right? See, that's the difference. That's called justifiable thievery. I was a Los Angeles policeman for almost 11 years. I can tell you, I heard it all the time. Oh, Eric, if it's only this much from the mall. Uh, no, stealing is wrong. You see, because it's not about them. It's about your behavior. If your behavior is wrong, uh, folks, it's wrong. Sorry. It doesn't matter if you're taking, I'm only stealing from the government. Do you see how big they are? Um, no, stealing is stealing, folks. And a tariff is the same thing. It's when they, when they are, are, are putting tariffs, you understand all of the countries have tariffs against us, right? They are already protectionist. So don't think that, oh, the president, it's, oh, be careful, it's a trade war. You have to watch out, guys, because look, just because one is resolved, it doesn't mean the next one isn't coming around the corner because there are lots of folks that are upside down. With us and other administrations have said, "Oh, it's okay. We're we're big. We're the big box store. It's okay. We'll let them steal. Look at look at them. They're poor, or or it's a minority. We'll let them steal. Oh, it's a young person. We'll let them steal. Or that's condescending, rude, and disgusting. What just because it's a small country from Asia or South America or Africa, it's okay to let them steal? Oh, oh no, I got an idea. Just because it's a big company, a country like Germany." You realize Germany hasn't had to pay for its defense in decades? Canada in decades? Japan in decades? Who do you think defends them? You, your taxpayer dollar. So these countries have taken money that they would have had to spend to protect themselves, and they've built an infrastructure. Quote, free health care. Listen, if you're a retiree, I think they're going to end up taxing you someday on your unearned income to help pay for some of these crummy programs that we've had to pay for and fix, and they're broken, and we're going to have to fix them again. So I want you to be careful about that because I think the goal for you is to keep more of your money. Correct me if I'm wrong. And there's no difference between a tariff between countries and a government who says to you, oh, by the way, I want to t start taking your money. Why? Uh, well, because we messed up over here, so we're going to mess up again. Listen, I think the state of California, I think the city, county, state, the, the federal government, they're all doing their, their darndest to create a system to put you in a place where you just don't say a whole lot. Don't worry your pretty little head. You just sit there, pay your taxes, pay your bills, vote for proposition, whatever, free people out of prison. Why, do you understand why do you think we have so many homeless people? What happened? Governor Brown let the folks out of jail, guys. 
And he said, oh, it's only this kind of a crime. Well, I, I guess unless you're the victim, he's the one with armed guys around him 24-7, lives in a guard, you know, protected house. Of course, it was only a $300 crime. Unless you were the victim and 300 was half of your month's wages. So whether it's stealing from a country, whether it's stealing the government, uh, you know, subsidizing or allowing by letting criminals back out onto the street, by letting criminals get back into a, a formula of, well, it's only stealing this much money. You see, at the end, you're the victim in the story. Whether it's paying more in taxes, whether you're a victim because a guy uh, found your garage door was kind of sort of open. So how dare you tempt somebody by leaving a purse on the, on your seat. You shouldn't do that, right? That's not, it's not smart. But some people have. So, of course, the criminal, come on, give him a break. You really think he's able to resist busting your window and taking out your stuff? That guy should go to jail just as much. What's the difference? So I, I worry about this justification of stealing. And finally, we have somebody who's standing up to it and saying, eh, you know what, I don't think it's right. And the president is pushing back in this whole tariff world. I don't know. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of interested to see who blinks first. You see, we're the big bad guys in the story because, oh, look how successful we are and how greedy we are. Why don't we just give those, why don't we just give those people a little extra, right? It's the same thing. Let me tell you, when I was a police officer and I would stop at, at I remember arresting somebody from the mall, a big mall in the San Fernando Valley. And they were shoplifting. In fact, it was a team of people. These were adults, four adults, two, husband and wife, a couple, two couples. And they had a whole system in place. And when we arrested them, they had stole from the third store inside of the mall, which turned it into burglary, right? It wasn't just a shoplift where they went in and took something. Uh, it was planned. It was premeditated. It was uh, structured. So it turned it into a burglary. So when we arrested them, I was 21, 22, probably 22, 23 years old at the time. I remember sitting there because I, I would never do that. Right? That, that's not how I was raised. We didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. But I can promise you this. We walked back. If we found out that a, a, a store gave us a dollar more in change or if my mom had something in the grocery cart and it, and it came home and we didn't pay for it, it wasn't on the receipt. She drove back to Alpha Beta. Remember the old Alpha Beta stores? She drove back to Alpha Beta to take it back. That's how we were raised. And here I am in the, in the shopping mall. And we arrested these people. And as I remember putting them in the car, one of the ladies said, look how big the mall is. You really think they're going to miss? And I went to my, I said, what does that have to do with anything? It's not yours. Do you think they're really going to miss it? Uh, I don't know, but do I, do I also think that, you know, whether or not the stars are going to align to do that? Do I, do I, oh, do you really know that whether or not there's going to be rain in, in Idaho right now? I don't know. I don't really care. What does that have to do with you going into that store, that mall and stealing? So don't forget the values you have are yours. No different than the values for your retirement. Just because you don't work anymore doesn't mean that you're not going to be a, a victim or looked at as, as by the predators as to take your money. The only way out of this mess is for them to stop spending and start getting a handle 
I'm talking about pensions, talking about the federal government. I'm talking about state, city, county. That's the only way for them to get out of this mess. Or they're going to have to take more of your money. Now, here's the problem. They're going to tell you, if you don't want to give more of your money, you must be greedy. You say, all right, well, let's just do the math. I remember sometimes we run our financial classes. We have a, a total money school. It's a pretty cool little financial class. And I'll run a, on the board. I'll say, okay, let's talk about how much in taxes you pay for every $1,000 that you make. And we go over the payroll tax. Some, is paid, some are paid by you. Some are paid by your employer. Then we go over the gasoline tax that it took for you to get to work. Then we go over the car registration and now the car licensing fees. You thought they were the same thing. It's not. They just added another fee. I think that's what they're going to do to your property taxes in order to get out of the pension and the other the bigger holes that the that the state is in. They're going to add your prop thir, prop uh, what is it prop thirteen property tax. That's fine. No big deal. This isn't a property tax. This is a fee. Just like they did with cars, they're going to do the same thing. And then we went through your property tax. We went through your, your uh, sales tax at the grocery store. And by the time you add all of these taxes and fees, we were somewhere between 72 and 78% of what you made was taken. Now, you might say, but gosh, Eric, look, we have a military, we have roads, we have electric bills, that, you know, electric, electricity that works. Oh, no, 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 folks. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think those are wonderful things. But didn't you know you also paid for the electricity and you also paid a tax so that poor people could get electricity and you also paid a tax on your cell phones so that other people could get cell phone service for free? Right? You say there's Obama phones. In fact, you can go to almost any gas station in kind of a not-so-nice part of town and there are people hired by the government to give you phones. Do you think they check? No. No, of course not. You just go get a phone. There may be some sort of limitations, but it's nothing of any significance. So what? Get two phones. Get three phones. Do you know how many drug dealers are using those phones? Just so you know. Now, you might say, well, the government gave it to you so they can listen in. Folks, they listen in on everybody's phone anyway, right? Recent reports are telling us how your phone is off and the government can listen, that your phone is, is just on standby. It's sitting there. Even if you shut off the microphone, the hey, Google, hey, Siri, right? You shut that off. And you're talking about taking a trip to uh, Japan and you walk you log on to your computer, you get onto Google, and suddenly there's ads about going to Japan. Imagine that. How did Facebook know that? Isn't that weird? Oh, 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 don't worry. Zuckerberg said it's not, you know, we're not listening. Oh, okay. I guess since he said it, he said it under oath. Oh, wait, that was Jim Clapper that lied. Or was it Brennan? One of them was talking in Congress. I remember they had to come back. Might have been, oh, wait, no, no, that was Clapper that lied about that. I remember he was in Congress, had to come back. Uh, you're, I need to come back and set the record straight. Yesterday I lied, and uh, yes, we do listen to uh, occasionally Americans' conversations. Yeah. It was Brennan that was lying about Diane Feinstein's 
computer, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the CIA saying, we were not monitoring computers of the Senate Intelligence Committee. In fact, they did. The CIA was monitoring and bugging the offices. You, you understand they're not supposed to be in the United States doing that stuff, by the way. I mean, it's just, just an FYI. They're not supposed to be doing that. So when I say you've got to take care of yourself and your family, folks, I'm telling you, you've got to take care of yourself and your family. Nobody else is going to. They're just not. I mean, they love you. They're good people, your friends and family. But at the end, who's going to watch you and your family? I think you have to take care of yourself. All right, I want to switch gears a little bit here because I think part of the challenge here is we've got to look to see what's going to happen when your family is trying to save for retirement between now and then. Let's say you've still got a few more years of working. What are some of the biggest issues that you're going to have? Well, number one, debt. We've talked in the past about making sure you don't sign on or co-sign for debt. It's serious. It isn't just a car or helping your grandchild get into an apartment or buy a house, co-sign because they don't have the income or the assets or the history. I get it. But I think part of what you have to do is look at two or three areas of debt, you know, some rules, okay? Maybe that's the right way to look at it. On the way to retirement, keep in mind rule number one. Rule number one, if you can't write a check and pay it off, don't sign for it. You might have 250000 sitting in your, your brokerage account. That's fine. Co-sign for a $20,000 car loan for your child, grandchild, niece, nephew. And if they don't pay it and you go, oh, my credit's going to go upside down, you don't want to, but you can and you may have to sell 20000 of of your stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever it is, annuities, and write that check and pay it off. That's a good barometer to say. I'll co-sign and if all heck breaks loose, I know my exposure is no more than $20,000. i am willing to pay it off. All right, fine. Second is, what if in this build-up towards retirement, I have a choice? I have $100. Should I take the $100 and use it towards debt, or should I build my retirement savings account? I think you have to make a decision and say, where is it going to earn or cost me the most money? And it's just a math formula. That means all you're going to do is sit down and say, should I spend money on, on paying down the debt? What, is my, what does it cost me per month, per year? And how much do I get on this side at an interest rate, right? What do I make? What do I save in taxes? And then you just do the math and you say, wherever it's going to give me more of a discount, that's great. Now, don't forget, I always want you to be out of debt, at least bad debt, in retirement. As you're going towards your retirement world, stay away from the crummy debt. Stay away from the times when you're going to be uh, in a position, right, of, of having to make a monthly payment even though you're not working overtime. You can't, you're not going to receive a bonus. You can't get a second job because, by definition, you're retired. But that goes back to my Social Security. If you're retired, if you're in that position or getting closer to retirement, or still working, and the the smaller of the two social securities 
900 a month, 1500 a month, whatever the number is, you start bringing it in each and every month. You use that to pay down your debt, pay off your house, pay off your car, pay off that student loan that you co-signed for. <laughs> We're not happy of that. But you might have to pay it off. Now, you might go to your grandchild and say, listen, Susie, I co-signed for this. You did great. You graduated in four years. I understand you can't find a job as an art history major in 20th century uh, African art with a Portuguese influence for women between the ages of 20 and 60. I, I get it that nobody wants to hire you for that, that major that didn't exist before five years ago, but I understand. But your $200,000 in student loan debt, you better start paying back something. Maybe you can write the check for that. But what you want to do is take a look on the other side and say, how are you going to pay me back, Susie? I don't care if it's $50 a month. She has to pay back because there has to be a sense of responsibility. We've talked about that, morals and ethics, being involved with the, the formula, right, of building your life with financial purpose. We'll talk about that again in the future, but financial purpose is much different than when you're talking about where and if and how and when you're going to retire. Because the expenses don't go down. They don't go away. And if you can leave a legacy, right? Uh, listen, I don't want you to talk about leaving a bunch of money. We've talked about that before. We'll get into that in the future. That's nice that you want to leave a big chunk of dollars for your children or grandchildren. But you realize they couldn't handle the money that they worked for. So how much little respect are they going to have for the money that you worked for? How much less of any thought, respect, deference to the dollars that you sacrificed to build your retirement account, your savings, your investments, your rental property, whatever it is. I don't think most people get to the place where they realize that, that the money that their parents or grandparents earned has the same value as for them. Here's a good example. Recently, we had a client... And he inherited about $350,000, a lot of money. And it was in a retirement account. So the client had to roll it over and start taking payments. There's some rules with that. Or leave it there and start taking payments. But whatever it was, there was a, a dollar figure that had to come into his account and hence pay taxes every single year. Now, when he did the math on it, he said, well, you know what? I really don't want... 15000 a year. By the time he was done, he was going to put about 1000 a month in his pocket. I said, look, with 1000 a month, you can do this, you can do that. What, you know, there's lots of choices. One of those is to pay off your house a little sooner. That'd be great. One of those would be to, to save for your child's college because you're know, not sure if you're going to go to college, so you can set it into this account. And if they don't go to college, you can just use it to pay off your bills, pay off your house. Right? A lot of ideas. And so he was going through his own little plan and his his ideas that he laid out. And by the time he was done, he said, up, oh, just give me a check for 350 I said, what? You're not going to get 350 He says, yeah, 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 I know. I'm going to get about 205000 by the time it's done. I said, you're going to give $145,000 to the government? And here are his words, folks. And you need to remember these as if they're tattooed on the inside of your eyelids. Here's his words. He said, I never worked for the money, so what does it matter to me anyway? 200000 in my pocket is better than 
$1,000 a month. I went, whoa, that's it. That's the, the, the anthem. That's the national anthem of somebody else work for the money and give it to me because it's not, I didn't work for it, right? So be careful that you're not that person that's going to give money to somebody who doesn't understand or respect it. You know, we had a, a client that, uh, that was ill. In fact, she had terminal cancer. Her, both, her husband passed and then she shortly followed, but both with terminal cancer. And as she was fighting chemo and she was going through some of the treatment and she was at home, uh, I took one of my assistants with me. We went to her house because we knew that the kids were going to inherit about $2 million dollars. And there were five kids and grandkids. And so there was a bunch of people. So by the time it was all done, it wasn't going to be millions to any one person. But it was certainly a big chunk of money that we wanted to protect. And I didn't want these folks to not think of it as valuable. So we went to her house and we did a, a videotape. We did a, a digital recording of her, of me asking her questions. It was probably only about 20 or 30 minutes long. And it was what did you and Dave do to earn this money? What did you guys have to do? Oh, when we were working early in our industry, we saved. We had furniture that was, you know, cardboard boxes. We got, we, we, we got these plywood tables that we made out of two-by-fours with plywood, but we put a tablecloth over it, and it looked like it was ours. And there was time when times when we didn't have any money to eat, but we would take extra food that came from the grocery store in the back, you know, the, the throwaway items for 99 cents or whatever it was that they were giving away because they were damaged. And we would buy those things and we would eat. So she said, we really sacrificed. And they went through a story about how they saved and what they did and how they prepared. And I did that for a reason, so that the grandchildren and children that were inheriting this money, most of them had no clue how to manage it, would at least respect it and the effort that it took to make it. Do your best to make sure the folks that you're saving for understand that. Thanks for joining me. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is AM870, The Answer on the Total Financial Hour. 888-99-RETIRE if you want to uh, give us a call or have any questions. 888-99-RETIRE. Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably, thanks to our Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.